You. I don't wanna rush into it if it's too soon But I know you need to get done, 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 done If you come over Sorry if I'm way less friendly I got niggas tryna end me off yeah. I spilled all my emotions tonight, I'm sorry Rolling, 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 rolling How many more shots until you're rolling? We just need a Welcome back to DJ Coffee Talk. Today, we have a very heavy but important discussion to have. The episode starts with the amazing journalist Alex Perry breaking down for us exactly what happened with George Floyd in Minneapolis and transitions to the discussion that we had surrounding the recent events following. It's sad and it's fucked up, but it's something that needs to be discussed. Being a podcast operated by two white men, we had some hesitation towards having this discussion because we don't feel as though we're qualified or experts in the matter or whatever you want to call it. And we aren't, period. 
But the question shouldn't be, who are we to talk about this? But rather, who are we not to talk about this? It is our belief that the time for suppression and silence is over, and the time for discussion and action is here. And that starts on the individual level. Have we probably fumbled on some things? More than likely, and we apologize for it. But some discussion and attempt to understand is better than not. I heard something recently uh, that resonated with me as a white person in the time of revolt. And it's this. I don't understand, and I probably never will. But that isn't going to keep me from trying. I hope we continue this discussion for as long as we need to for real change to occur. And, and even longer, so that the change is sustained. Today's mix was put together entirely of songs either created or featuring incredible black artists. Without further delay, here's Alex with the report. On May 25th, 2020, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, police officers arrested a 46-year-old black man named George Floyd. At a deli in Minneapolis, Cut Foods, an employee there called 911, accusing Floyd of buying cigarettes with a counterfeit $20 bill. The New York Times reported that it took 17 minutes from when the first squad car arrived to the moment when Mr. Floyd is seen unconscious. Officer Derek Chauvin is the most obvious police officer pinning down Floyd from viral social media video footage. Chauvin, a white male, kept his knee on Floyd for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, according to the criminal complaint against him. The New York Times reports that Chauvin doesn't remove his knee, even as Floyd loses consciousness. The three other officers in the video that has gone viral, Thomas Lane, J. Alexander Kewing, and Tao Tao, remain under investigation, and I do not apologize for saying their names incorrectly. All officers have since been fired, and Chauvin has been charged with murder and manslaughter. It should be noted to everyone listening as well, um, the 911 call that was put in by the employees said that Floyd was intoxicated, allegedly. Um, and just to kind of understand what had happened, what had led to the situation. Let's talk about the video itself. I watched it and I want to give kind of a play-by-play -play of what actually happened. So Floyd is in his car when the uh, police officers roll up and Floyd is forced from his car. A police officer actually, before I say he was forced, goes up to the car with the assumption that Floyd is um, incredibly drunk. He opens the car door and he almost looks like he's about to take out his gun. He puts it back in and he forces Floyd from his car. At this point, we see that Floyd is not acting violent whatsoever. And the police officers are trying to take him into a cop car, uh, like a minute, I would say, into the video. And he says that he's claustrophobic and he says that he can't breathe. But they force him into the car anyways. And what's so interesting right about here is that they shut the door. And on the other side, the officers pull him back out onto the ground, face down. All four officers gather around him as he's face down on the ground, and three of them are pinning down three parts of his body, his neck, his torso, and his legs. At 8.20 p.m., Floyd says he can't breathe, and the officers call for EMS. Chauvin, at this point, after calling for EMS, is still pinning Floyd. And just as that's happening, you hear Floyd in the video calling for his mama, mama, mama.
and then he goes unconscious. It's heartbreaking to hear. A woman who's recording this event heads towards Floyd, says that he's going unconscious and that he can't breathe, and Chauvin, the officer pinning him down at his neck, actually takes out Mace and points it towards the civilian. She backs away. EMS arrives, and they take Floyd to a nearby hospital where he is pronounced dead at 9.25 p.m. Floyd's autopsy showed that the restrictions placed onto him, in combination with his underlying heart condition, likely contributed to his death. R.I.P. George Floyd. But Floyd's death will not be in vain, because his death sparked intense protests all over the country. Rioting, looting, use of riot gear, tear gas, rubber bullets. Now we weren't there, and there are a lot of allegations around these riots and what had originally happened, but I will say this. There were protests in Minneapolis where National Guard troops were deployed and a fuel semi-truck drove into a demonstration of thousands of people. In Washington, D.C., when police advanced to enforce the curfew, it caused intense unrest. A fire was started opposite the White House in the basement of the Church of the Presidents. The Washington Monument was engulfed in smoke from several different fires. In L.A. and Santa Monica, police fired tear gas at protesters blocking a main shopping road. Also, it should be noted that a police SUV accelerated into protesters. In New York, numerous police cars were lit on fire Saturday night. There have also been demonstrations abroad at U.S. embassies in London, Berlin, and Copenhagen. So what are we doing here? Talking. Apparently drinking, too. I think that's probably a normal reaction, considering Swapped everything right now. Alcohol for coffee in the yeah. state of the world. Not a uh, not Bailey's yet. He hasn't exactly. made it to that point. I felt like I don't know about you guys, but when I was driving around Tucson today, I felt eeriness. I felt like everywhere I was mm. going, I was being followed by an ambulance, mm. and then the clouds turned dark. Was, Is it an omen? Yeah, it was very strange. And then I came home and wrote the script mm. for this. Yeah, damn. Yeah, it's very strange to me. I feel like the day kind of fit the overall mood and everything. Mm. Yeah. I yeah, stress bought like two plants because <laughs> I felt the negativity on top of me constantly. I think media, social media right now, it's hard. You want to look, mm. but it's also you have to look away or else you're constantly just in a state of sadness. But like, the life of a journalist all mm. the time. So. Yeah. But I don't know. It feels like more so than usual. It seems to get caught in that negative spiral. You're watching <laughs> one video, then the next one, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of media sometimes focuses on only the negative, too, though. You know? Exactly. So just haven't really been many stories on the heroes during all of this. So there's been a couple posts, but usually it's, it's a lot easier to see. Yes. It's more believable to see the bullshit. Yeah. Like, this is horrible, it was a problem, which in essence is kind of what journalism is supposed to do, right? Though. It's supposed to call out when people are being corrupt or breaking rules. Exactly. It seems like there's this hypersensitivity to it now, though. Yeah. Know? It just feels there's, I think right now, what is happening a lot with journalists, especially with this situation with George Floyd, is like, how do we stay neutral in journalism? That's like our main like goal, right? In journalism, you want to hear all sides, but how do you do that with something that's so particularly heinous 
that you and your core beliefs know is wrong. And if you watch the video, it's obviously probably one of the worst things I've ever seen on social media, but like, how are you supposed to, like journalists, we're not supposed to attend protests if we're not covering it. Hmm. So I've been grappling with this a lot lately. Of I want to go there, but if I go there, I have to go in full covering because if there's any evidence of me attending a protest and my future bosses see that, I'll get fired. Or they'll say you can't cover any of these stories because you obviously have a bias towards it. So it's just really hard to remain neutral. But at my core, I know that this is a problem, like a systemic problem. Mm. I think everybody's feeling that right now. Do you think them pushing for objectivity takes away some of the powerful aspects of journalism, though, which is storytelling, even if it might not be always necessarily objective, doesn't necessarily mean it's not true, you know? Yes, yes. So you can and say something that's very true, but it's not to the fact, you know? This yeah. is not exactly what happened, but exactly. this is how it feels to people. Yeah, it's, it's so, at least with this case, I think, you know, there was a, a CNN journalist, a black CNN journalist who was arrested during the protest on air. Mm. This journalist was arrested on air. Was he just doing his own, he was just hanging out? He was recording, recording and they identified themselves as journalists to the police officer. You can like see it in the video. And he's standing there. He's like, we're in Minneapolis. Da, 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 da. And obviously behind us we have police officers. And an officer comes out of nowhere and he's like, I'm going to arrest you. And then reads him his rights and like takes him behind this like line of police officers what and the that? journalists on the air like what just <laughs> and so at this point it's it's now become like the police against it almost feels like police against media and citizens mm -hmm. so in that sense it's nice because we know that we do have a side and that for once i think citizens know that we have a right to be there but it's interesting that the police now, normally the police have used the media in all situations to like manipulate a situation. But in that instance, I was like, wow, mm. you've chosen sides, yeah. obviously, very much obviously. Yeah, I wonder how, because it seems like it's a new um, relation that there is video of like, arrests and things happening with police. I feel like that's caused like a new way for police to view media, social media and the news. Mm -hmm. It seems like before that it used to be only time you hear about a, a cop or something like that normally was in like a positive light, but now that there's all these videos that prove otherwise, they, you know, it's more of a threat to them. Yeah, everybody can be a journalist now. It's mm, cool. And it's interesting too, it kind of brings up the idea too of what there's a new form of journalism called journalism called advocacy journalism. And a lot of people would say that that's PR. It's like a big talk in journalism right now of, are you an advocate? Because you're like advocating for a certain social group or a so certain, you know, um, organization, but they're still reporting on the facts and like sticking to the facts, but they're called advocacy journalists. It's very strange dynamic, I don't know. But this situation in general just brings that all back up again. It's like, okay, well now if journalists say anything bad about police officers, are we advocacy journalists for Black Lives Matter? Yeah, it seems like they associate themselves with they kind of people can associate themselves with you at that point if you're kind of on the same side, you have similar values. Exactly. And then 
it's interesting to figure out where you actually stand as a journalist mm -hmm. you have to build up your own personal brand i guess yeah that's very true it's just hard you think most media towards police was positive before this though before this incident but just like before the shifts and like media yeah. yeah it's like cops were kind of the heroes yeah. yeah well no i was just gonna say i actually saw something on twitter today about how there was like two articles going around about cops kneeling with pro protesters and like praying and then in the next minute they were like throwing tear gas at the protesters but they did the kneeling so the media could get the shot no way and i don't that of course is on twitter mm. allegedly but it's just interesting you know seeing the articles and then seeing people's comments next to it being like and then an hour later they fucking shot us with tear gas so you can tell they're tr they're like trying to get back with the media but it's just not working like it's just not working people people know what's going on they're there um so the other hard part about it too i think is that a lot of people who are protesting you know who are there journalists want to know what's going on like i don't know there have been a lot of reports you know, in the protests of other people coming into the protests, they're not associated with the organization and inciting the riots and in violent and violence. Um, and we don't know if that's true because the protesters who were there who would see it don't want to be named. Right. They don't want their names out there and it's understandable. Um, but it's also like, I really like to have that evidence to know and then we can find who it is and make sure that people know that this whole movement that's happening isn't just about violence like once again there's somebody else who's causing it but i don't know you guys heard anything about that and before you were talking about it so. oh okay cool i knew i'd kind of heard something I, that's why you're here that's why i'm here the resident journalist right i heard that happening with covid too so. mm -hmm. People have kind of forgotten about us since all this broke out. Oh my but. god! I know that's that's another thing I worry about is that so far statistically we're seeing that Black Americans are disproportionately affected by COVID nineteen. So mm -hmm. far, what the data is showing us, and now because of all this, I'm like, oh my god! And then also, cops are using tear gas during a time when we're having a pandemic of a respiratory illness. Yeah, I didn't actually, I didn't connect that. Well, and it's that like, yeah. to wow. me, I know that's not like a conspiracy thing, but to me, it almost feels really weird. They, they insisted on using tear gas during this time to a group who's disproportionately affected by this pandemic. It just feels very off to me. Yeah, it is very off. Um, Plus tear gas is, I mean, you see the videos, they like pour milk on people's faces and it's just awful. Mm -hmm. I've never been tear gas, but I imagine it's painful. Have you? No. Oh my God, I was no. going to say, I was like, you have to tell me what that's like. It yeah. sounds terrible. Like burns, uh, horrific burning. Yeah. I would imagine. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks like these like giant clouds of just like little it's gotta be, Yeah, you got to be, must be. Eyes must be pretty like sensitive to any amount of it too. It seems like even a small amount, at least from video I've seen, That's people true. will be like, ah, oh, right off the bat. That's true. Or start coughing. Yeah. Body yeah. rejects it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder about that. This is the thing I kinda wanna talk about to you guys though, what I've heard is the big pivot point for this whole thing is changing the conversation. Because mm. majority group being white, maybe 
unintentionally is oppressing a lot of people. We don't intend to, we just aren't conscious of all the suffering. Mm -hmm. And with this all, everything having to slow down and then people being at home with their own problems and then they see some shit like that go down, everything kind of blew up. And then you Mm -hmm. have the killing of George Floyd, which was horrific alongside people not being able to pay their bills. And then it just kind of creates all these negative feelings and then people Mm -hmm. hit a tipping point and blow up. But a lot of people are saying this has been happening for years. Just people were on their own bullshit and didn't acknowledge it. Predominantly the majority groups, which would probably be white people as much as we're not evil with horns on our head. At least I don't think so. I mean, everybody's can be equally evil, but we're all human, but we just didn't acknowledge that this was happening either mm-hmm. through our behaviors or our actions or our thoughts or our words. Yeah. And what this is, is a tipping point to change the conversation and acknowledge that we all are human, you know? Mm-hmm. Black lives matter, and yes, all lives matter inherently, but that's not really the problem. The problem is that people who are black are being treated as if they're not human, even if it's not by words, it's by actions. Right. So it's like, what do we do to change that? And we are a very young country, so it's like figuring that out. But because it really, like 1963 was when this segregation, legal racism ended, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if that year is exactly correct, but. But it was, it was not yeah. that far away. Like, 60s, it's so yeah. close. Yeah. It's so That's close. our grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they peed in different bathrooms. That's crazy. Yeah. That's just, that was just normal. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting how society can, like, set a standard of what is normal. But now, if we were to go back then, like, I feel like all of us would just be sitting there like, but... Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the glitch. The the, oh my god! <laughs> the simulation has been glitched. I don't understand. <laughs> on, a, on a lighter note, even smoking was encouraged back then. Yeah, that is very true. Physical exercise was quirky. If you were actually doing that, but why working out so much? You don't need to do that unless you had a reason. <laughs> yeah, unless you had like a reason to. You know, yeah. you're like a laborer, you like worked out in the fields. If you mm-hmm. didn't, it's just kind of odd. Like, you don't have to work like that. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Going back to what you're talking about, though, I think, um, and I've been victim of it, not victim of it, I've been, um, I've noticed myself doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of white people, especially younger white people, kind of get this sense of defensiveness mm-hmm. when, you know, I'm talking about these subjects because they're like, well, I don't think I'm racist, but then it gets this pushback and it's like, it's not, that's not how it should be. It should be, we should be able to acknowledge that even if it's not us that set up this system, mm. which may be true. Um, we are now a part of the system and not being able to acknowledge that is, is, is the problem. Yes, it's a really good point. What I think is interesting is pinpointing where the racism starts. Mm. So does it start in fear or is it mm. start in hatred? What is it exactly? Mm-hmm. I think, why would you ever be racist towards someone? It might be because you're afraid they might hurt you or they might judge you or right. they might affect your family or your, your in-group, so you bar them off. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I think people don't always want to acknowledge that part of themselves that I'm bad to that person because I'm scared because it takes a lot of introspection. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to brush it off and say, okay, I like everybody the same. But then in your actions, you treat one person obviously different than another. Yeah. yeah. I think with this event too, like just coming off of like what the, the core issue is for me personally, when all this is happening, I just think a lot about when I was much younger, I had dated someone, a man who was black and it was not a good relationship. And Mm -hmm. I think 
because of that relationship, which was more abusive, I had formalized in my mind that I would associate any black man with that person mm-hmm. that I was with because of those traumas. It's fear. Yeah. Exactly. It's fear. And of course, I don't feel that way about any black woman. And, you know, I have <laughs> friends, obviously, who are black women, but when it comes to black men, my first reaction is always fear. But that comes from like that root of trauma situation. And so I myself just need to like not, because we're not all the same person. Like, you know, <laughs> if I had had that experience with a white man, you know, would I feel the same way? Right. That's a good question. And it's like the trauma and then the person, you know? Yeah, exactly. As opposed so, to all people are the trauma. Yeah. You know, and then your brain, it just goes straight to like people trauma because it paired it. Exactly. And I think yeah. right, I've just been trying to work on like separating that because I feel like I too often do that. I'm too fearful in a lot of situations when I don't need to be. I mean, Devin sees me at night. I just get too fearful in any situation and I need to just like relax that, especially with this situation. It's like, why are we thinking of each other as symbols of fear and not as other human beings unless we are in a fearful situation at night by yourself yeah well i mean like there's excuses i mean excuse sorry there's good reasons to be afraid in a lot of scenarios it's just your body telling you that you should probably pay more attention Mm -hmm. i was actually thinking about this like earlier in the week when kind of i thought i saw something when we were having that conversation at the pool but it makes sense if you're in the plans and you're like, the tigers are going to attack me. And so you freak out and your whole body goes like ramp mode. But, yeah. if you, but if you do that for like weeks on end, your brain's just like, there's no tiger, but my hair's falling out. <laughs> and, and it's not so good anymore, but it's great. And that's on period. Yeah. yeah. But it's great technically, but not in every situation. Exactly. And sometimes people are just hyperdrive to freak out about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Which is i think understandable and i think it should be part of the discussion but i think and i've i've seen this argument before that um that should be permissible or reason why maybe a police officer acts in a certain way or like you know mm. bring it to in don't need to continue to point fingers at police officers we get enough of that right now but even in our own lives like I think the initial response or the, the pairing, the fear response to things is like human response and it's not something we can change, but it doesn't mean we have to act a certain way. It doesn't way. mean it's right. Yeah, it just means it's not unnatural. Right, so yeah. it happens, but the way we react to it is, is what's important. Like maybe let's let's say the, the man that killed George Floyd had an initial fear reaction. Mm-hmm. It's fine, it didn't mean he had to put his knee on his neck for nine minutes and kill him. That's two seconds. Yeah, exactly. Things. And that's the other thing, too, if he does have a fear reaction like that, why wasn't he seeking therapy? Why wasn't he honest about these yeah. things that were going on with him? Like, I feel like in my life, I've attempted to seek therapy for the things that have happened to me in those situations because nobody needs to constantly think that way about mm-hmm. another, you know, group of people or another set of people just because of, like, one traumatic experience that you have in your life. Yeah, well, I think and, it's like, also, it's kind of, cathartic like it's very releasing yes, to be horrible exactly. the therapy yes but also like being bad to other people mm, or being vicious or being abusive it feels good because you get rid of that pressure 
Oh, like taking control of the situation. Yeah, like but feeling also, like you have control. Or you're doing something, or you feel like you can't control anything, so you're doing something, just struggling. It's kind of like why people cut themselves if they're depressed. They don't mm-hmm. have to deal with all that pain. So it's right. like, I can control this. You know, yeah. I, I feel the pain, it's tension, and then it releases, and I yeah. feel better. Gotcha. I feel like that's kind of what is happening. A buddy of mine posted something on his Instagram story, but he was talking about how all the riots is kind of like how a really depressed person will start self-harming themselves, but it's just happening at a cultural level and societal level now, which I thought was a really interesting idea. Yeah. And it seems to be what's kind of happening. Now. It's just, they just feel so trapped and the conversation's not changing and it's not happening quickly and they get subliminal racism all the time from people. Mm. So it's like, mm-hmm. fuck it, the whole game's screwed up. So I'm yeah. just going to flip the Monopoly board upside exactly. down. And they're already at home, like stuck in home. Everybody's at home, so they're not going to their jobs. And I think, you know, what you were talking about, like, they're kind of in this pressure cooker and then they pull out like you're in this pandemic and normally before the pandemic I felt like people weren't really I felt like a lot of people were social media protesters you know constantly Influ- saying everybody was an influencer yeah everybody's an influencer focusing on social media this happens and I feel like everything has exploded the way it needs to explode because yeah. we've had we haven't had protests like these in so long and it's like about time that it's happened because it's pressure. yeah well it's interesting too because i think this is something minority groups get upset about too is they get dismissed a lot so mm. they'll be like i'm having a problem and then people will be like i don't see a problem they'll be like i'm having a problem <laughs> right. they'll, be like, they'll be like the game is fair and they're like i can't pay and climb the ladder and be like no you're fine or they'll, be like, or they'll be like oh my whole family got their property taken from them from yeah. some rich dude and now my family's like separated like, yeah you can you can push through and then they'll say oh my dad got arrested when i was eight for something he really didn't do right and i'm like no you're fine like you i'm sorry that's horrible but like some even if it's not completely verbal it's with like language and our policies and stuff like that people would just be like well you can still pursue the american dream but like it's not worth yes the american pull it up by your bootstraps yeah, people, people, you can I do know, it all on your own people who look like me though and like mm-hmm. Devin, specifically males who come from like middle class working class that push that message though you yeah. know well, that are part of the majority group yes and and I, that's a question for you guys actually like being cis white males mm-hmm. how has your experience been in this situation because i mean i feel like as white people we we should feel a guilt, an overwhelming guilt. At least I do. I feel an overwhelming guilt for all the things that have happened in history, mm-hmm. which doesn't make anything better, by the way. Whoever's watching and listening doesn't make anything better, but there is a guilt. But also, as a white male, you are typically the person who is targeted for anything. In any situation, people are like, it's the fucking cis white men, mm-hmm. you know? Like, how power. is that? Yeah, exactly. Like, how does that make you feel as people? Uh, I made me. You go ahead, Devin. I'm sorry. No, you had it right. I'm still thinking. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of grateful for it because it's actually making me realize how deep the pain is for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Like mm-hmm. how deep the cuts are. I was. Right. I would kind of see them, but now I'm like, oh, you know, like, this is a lot deeper than I thought it was. And also, I had a thought the other day where. I was scared for a second about my own family, which a lot of people have experienced, but because they're in like a kind of an upper middle class neighborhood right now. Right. For kind of the demographic here. But right. I was wondering oh, what if someone just broke into their complex and stole their stuff and held mm. them at gunpoint. And then I was scared for a second. I was like, oh, what I'm feeling right now 
you can empathize and be like, that's how black folks can feel normally growing up. Right. Like that's just All normal. The time. Yeah. I was like, well, shit, that makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. And I've had a little epiphany, it's just a lot. And I'm happy it's happening at 22. Yes. Because I'm still very impressionable. So I can change my outlook on things and actually do something in my late 20s and 30s. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm pretty grateful for it. And I get why it's happening. And I don't expect people to listen to what I'm saying. But I just don't think that it's like an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. So I really don't want to see more pain and bloodshed because people are struggling. I'd rather mm-hmm. emphasize the peaceful protesters and really try to elevate their message, you know? Right. And then I'm very for changing the platform for the conversation in a way that's virtuous. Mm-hmm. So you give everybody a chance to contribute. But that doesn't mean it's out of spite at any point because I've heard even stuff like I've had buddies, like I knew people in Hawaii that would kind of say this too, but jokingly, but they go, oh, well, like second revolution, like black people will oppress white people. I'm like, that's not okay. But then I think I just, it's half a joke, but it's half true a little bit. It comes, it, all, all jokes have a that's piece of truth in them, but it'll be mm. like, fuck you guys for all you've done to us. Mm. I'm like, fair, we have been assholes. Right. But it doesn't, help humanity moving forward to create that right. flip, you know? Yeah. But yeah. it's also not like, well, subliminal racism, yes, but the systematic racism is the fault of the government. It's just systematically, constantly trying to put down these minorities. Yeah. And actually, I don't even want to say minorities because actually the United States by like 2025 is going to be mainly Asian. Hispanic is what I was going to say. Uh, oh, no, I'm just guessing. I <laughs> no, know. it's just I the migration um, from Mexico. It looks like it's going to be um, pretty pretty even out soon. Mm. So I don't even know if we should. That's like another, a whole other conversation in of itself of why we still call people minorities mm-hmm. when like yeah. this country is slowly like morphing into something more diverse and beautiful than we can even right. imagine. Which is awesome. But I think that comes at the price of people's losing their privilege mm. and people don't always like that God. which I can't lose my privilege but it's true though but a lot of people have had it and they don't always acknowledge that they are privileged mm-hmm. and maybe privilege isn't the right word maybe blessed is a little bit softer but people have had a lot of blessings that are in majority groups yeah and have family connections and other things where mm-hmm. they kind of have a life path fall in front of them yeah. a little bit more right and they have some agency in having that happen, but at the same token, it's different than a minority in an area where there is a lot of racism, mm-hmm. who's the same inherent value as another human who's a good person, and he yeah. can't climb the ladder, or she can't climb it. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going, but the issue is like you can't. I think if you focus on the impression, you can let it own you. Mm-hmm. And that's where some minorities have gotten stuck, is that you have to kind of try to transcend it, but it's really fucking hard to do it. But it's really, really hard. Because it's technically you can come up with reasons that you're oppressed by a number of things, you know? Mm. But, but they are, though. But they are, though, literally, as well. But they are. So it's that weird <laughs> balance. So yeah, but like, say you're like a black <laughs> woman in a racist town, you got a lot going against you. Yeah. Got everything. Yeah. Why don't you guys think? My brain just went here. No, you didn't answer the question that I asked. Oh. Um, for me, I don't know if guilt is the right word. I think more so along the same lines as you're able to acknowledge and truly like see what's going on. Um, I think for me personally, getting caught up in guilt may not necessarily lead to 
Um, actually, you can feel guilty about something in the past and not foreseeably change your actions, but mm. um, not saying that you can either, too. But um, so maybe it's guilt for me because I feel like I can't protest because of the career I've chosen. Okay. Mm. Maybe in, in that sense, but doesn't mean I won't go in with an outfit. <laughs> My face covered. I do it anyways, but. <laughs> but I wonder what you guys think about, because it seems like the younger generation of, of um, white people don't necessarily have a problem at least acknowledging how we're dealing with this a different story, but acknowledging white privilege. Mm -hmm. But it seems like there's a divide, and the older generation has a difficult time accepting white privilege. I wonder, do you think that's because, like, by acknowledging white privilege, it may undermine kind of what they've done with their lives. Like I think, that. yeah, I think so. And yeah. maybe it's not entirely by virtue that maybe mm. they've colored their skin. They can do it all by themselves. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> up by the bootstraps. Right. It's an interesting. I think it's true. It's such a. It's so hard to think about though when you agree, because mm -hmm. both sides are kind of true, true in some way. Because you do have to actually like live your life and try to carve a path for yourself, but there are times when the game's not fair. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the meme where there's a, a six, and then one point, person's pointing at it and they're saying that's a six, and another person's pointing at it and saying, no, it's a nine. Mm -hmm. That's just two right. different perspectives of the same object. Right. In essence, it's both. Yes. But some, I mean, I'm, I pause saying that because some people have made arguments online against that. But mm. I saw it and I was like, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> it's like, this is so not important. But it's, it's like six and nine, but it's just pointing at something. And both people mm. are kind of right. And they feel that they're right. And, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like, I don't know, the pain's so deep that it can't, can't really be ignored anymore mm. among these groups. Yes. I think we've hit it, and I don't wonder, because I feel like we've said this in the past um, with the same issue with race in this country, but it really feels like we're at a tipping point mm -hmm. where there's no just going back to, to status quo, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, what that looks like, no fucking clue, but... Um, I'm really quite interested. I do feel like it's a tipping point but with this upcoming election. Hey, Andrew Yang or something. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. You don't like him? Andrew Yang? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't not like him. He's pretty funny. You think he's funny? Oh, is he? He came up with, what's it called? Fucking... Hmm? Universal Basic Income. Yes, thank you. Say it. Say it in the long way for dumbasses like me. Okay. Universal... Basic... Income. basic income yeah. yes he came up with that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I thought he was like he's the first person who's made any sense i feel like and and like currently what he's saying because i don't know i haven't i don't know currently him. i was just really looking at some of the hopefully this doesn't condone me to say i'm supporting them but like I, <laughs> i'm not endorsing him it's just like i saw some stuff he was right and i was like okay that's kind of intelligible when you thought about what you said before you said it mm -hmm. yeah as opposed to our other two candidates <laughs> where it's just they're shitting out their mouths you know either Trump is just kind of confidently saying something and then working the crowd or Biden can't speak. Yeah. And he's just muttering words and slurring his words. I wish him the best, but like, you can't, I don't want him leaving my country, dude. <laughs> like, Jesus. Either way, I don't think anybody else does it's either. It's like a but, damn crapshoot. Like, yeah. either way, mm -hmm. it's just going to turn out not great. 
Like, why is he? Why is Biden the majority guy? I, you know, that, is he? Is that like set? Oh yeah. What the he's fuck? Probably, probably yeah, he's set. Who who did that? Who us, thought that was a good? I, I did not do that. I did not vote for that shit. I did not, <laughs> I did not vote for, I didn't exactly. vote for either. Neither did I. So I'm I'm not talking shit. I didn't vote either. But we did. Yeah. The American people did that, I guess. I mean, that's the only you gotta take ownership. But I mean, the primary gets a little fucky sometimes. The person that gets the least amount of votes still wins, but Democratic, Joe Democratic Biden. primary. Well, no, Joe Bernie rescinded. He ended his campaign. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just what yeah, were our choices? Was well, it because he was coming I mean, down by a considerable number? He, I can't remember. Oh, God, it feels like it was years ago. This <laughs> be when I read this article. I have to remember, year, yeah, right? he ended his campaign um, last year. That was a couple months ago. Well, it was in 20, no, it wasn't 20. Just yeah, it was a couple months ago. No, yeah, it's 2020. But yeah, he rescinded his, because I think Biden was winning by a little, or the Democratic, whatever it's called. Oh, my God, I'm supposed to know these things. Convention. Thank you. Yeah. The Democratic Convention, they we're all supporting Joe Biden because this is a fucking. I mean, free country. I have my First Amendment right, but I'm, like he's fucking retarded. Like, <laughs> see, like seriously, like just I'm don't sorry. Don't use that word. I'm so don't sorry use for it. that word. I don't mean it in terms of people like that. I mean like systems not working right, and with him mm-hmm. and him, his beliefs are all skewed and and. And it's just all to like get the black vote. If you notice, everything he does, he does. He's like. I worked with Obama. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know him. He, that's my man. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's perfect. He's perfect. And it's like, oh, my God. Wait, oh, my God. Everything he was doing, he was, like, garnering to the black vote, which is great. That's a great thing. But Bernie was doing that with Hispanic voters. Like, he was getting all of their votes as well. So it was just. It was much more authentic. Yeah, like it was authentic. Him. He wasn't trying to use Barack Obama as like a pawn. I don't know. The only thing with Bernie right. that I thought was quirky was he was on the Joe Rogan Experience, and Joe kept asking him what exactly would be the financial plan hmm. with everything you're talking about. Like, how do you actually take money from the rich people right. and distribute it? And he dodged the question like three times, and then Joe kept asking, oh, and he wouldn't answer it. And I was like, interesting. Hmm. That's the only point where, because like you can't just say you're gonna do something and then not have a plan and go back to the same point over and over again. I think right. any more. Mm-hmm. I think that might have worked earlier in media because you had sound bites and like little mm-hmm. segments. People were like, "Oh, that resonates," and I like the brand he's given off. But nowadays, it's all this stuff in long yeah. forum, and people can. And sometimes people are just sitting, driving to work or in their offices, and they want to learn and be like, exactly. "Oh, what exactly is the plan, Mr. Leader?" And if, and if you're like, we're taking it from rich people and they make the laws, and if you just say that over and over again, you lose people. Because it's like, I get they do that, and I'm not happy about it, and the 1% might be doing a lot of sketchy shit, mm-hmm. but how exactly are we distributing it? Unless yeah. you can, I feel like you have to give like a comprehensive plan to a good amount of voters for them to sit with it. And one step further, you have to take that comprehensive plan and boil it down. To make like, it feasible yeah the bullet people. points to the point where like you're busy you got shit going on but you're like oh okay that makes sense and you can take like six points and you be like that plan makes sense that plan doesn't i like this plan i'm gonna vote for this person yeah it's just so ugh, so complicated and even if you have a good plan you might have to compromise on two sections of it because you got to work with other people mm-hmm. they don't want that plan yeah 
And that's the whole predicament of politics. It's like so-and-so from Nebraska doesn't want that, but you want in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to go and support one of their bills. They support yours. It's like a weird game of reciprocity. Conventions. Yeah. That's why I chose to never cover yeah. Washington, D.C. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like democracy kind of kind of stays stagnated, it feels like. And then, I don't know, there's two views. Like, either it just stays stagnated, and maybe that's a good thing because it's better than a revolution where a lot of people die and it's better than a complete impoverished mm. society. Or you could say that you can be like liberal, progressive, say it slowly gets better. Or you could say that people are saying, that it's getting better, but that's just a story that we're told, and that it actually just isn't. Right. Well, I think that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Is we're being told that we're like best in the country, best in the world. We have everything we need. Everything is great in America. When in reality, we have people in ICE is taking people out of their homes, putting them in camps, and black people are being killed in the streets for no apparent reason. Yeah. And, well, and like- I think our generation is the one that's going to change it all just because we're realizing once again, the status quo is not okay. It's not where we need to be. Yeah. You know, that this is not, this is all a lie. Well, it seems like we're deluded. We're a little delusional mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. We're in our little bubble. We're in like in a fishbowl. Yeah. Where we look out and we just, just like that, we swim up. So we see all these other countries, but we know of no fucking idea what they're doing unless like you're one percent that kind of is interested in our yeah. country I mean, it's probably more than that but a lot of time like, we don't know other languages that well mm-hmm. you know, just like right. fuck it we're the number one in the world <laughs> best economy but every other country learns like four languages i work with a moroccan fella he knows five languages and yep. they, learn, they learn like two in school a lot of schools learn a lot of people learn stuff mm-hmm. in school we're in schools and school. <laughs> Lots of people learn things in school. I'm firing into that beer, sir. Exactly. <laughs> but they'll learn things that are actually applicable, where it seems like a lot of in our society, we didn't really learn things that were applicable through most of our education. We just learned how to answer multiple choice questions <laughs> to pass a test and then go to college. And that was our saving grace. And mm-hmm. we got to college. I don't know about you guys, but I got to college and I realized it was high school again, except I'm paying. Six grand every. I'm fortunate, but I'm paying like six grand every semester, mm-hmm. as opposed to having it provided by taxpayers. It's pretty dumb. Unless you get like a STEM degree. Well, and the thing too, and I'm, or, I'm, or, I think yeah. it was France, which European country. They like as soon as you go into middle school, they like tailor you towards where they think your craft is going to be. So you continue going on this trajectory of what your interests are forever. Whereas, like I think in America, we go to college and we like mm-hmm. find ourselves. It's like, just do what you want. And then in four years, you're like, I still haven't found myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. There's a lot of pressure to it. I feel like you need a skill. Like, it's like, what can you learn that's a skill that provides that state wants? Exactly. And then you can do your other things on the side if you want to. And then you can monetize that maybe yeah. in the future. But that's, I mean, that's another kind of sign of privilege, though. Going back to the theme of this podcast is mm-hmm. we are able to go throughout high school without knowing yeah. the skill that we have mm-hmm. to get to college to learn agree. a fucking skill. But you don't but, sometimes. But you don't. And then you're like, I gotta go back to school. And we can do that because we can take loans out because we have good credit because we're parents. Yeah. Because we didn't start off badly. Yeah, but this I agree 100%. But then it almost seems like there's a deeper problem because people who actually need to go to school to get a practical skill and exactly. aren't educated on that. 
say they get a jump, they do something that they kind of enjoy, mm. like even philosophy or something, and you get a degree in that, which you can make that work out. I hope so. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> He's <laughs> open. But uh, sociology or something, and you go to school for that, and then you're upset because you can't find a job right out of school. Mm. And it's like, well, maybe kind of sold this lie that was maybe well intentioned by universities mm. where in our culture where it's like you can do whatever you want to do and you can be whatever you want to be. And it's fun to listen to, but at the same token, it's like you got to balance that with being reasonable, reasonable, where it's like, I need a job. Mm-hmm. I need you something. I don't want to work at Circle K. It's not a bad job, but it's like, I don't, maybe you don't want to work at Circle K. You don't want to be a waiter your whole life. That's like, well, maybe you want to own the Circle K. Yeah, <laughs> which is honestly what a lot of people go to Ellard for. You know, yes. it's just a lot of glam alongside it, in my yeah. opinion, which I might piss some people off saying that probably but i know a lot of people who go to ellert the business school at the university of arizona who get their degree i have two friends got their degree or getting out and they're like yeah i I think i'm gonna do something i went to ellert exactly i may or may not do something in my major it's whole rah rah though it's like that's that's a big thing with ellert in the world blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're gonna be fantastic you're just going to hell you're good you're fun and then everyone feeds it because it feels good to feed it just like yeah but it's like what are you doing exactly you know yeah have you guys noticed i've been through the system now if you went back and looked at some of the different um like majors and when they describe them on the websites kind of like the ones that are very practical and they're like you can do this and make this amount of money and this is this and this as other ones are like Oh, study this, and it's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three, four sentences. Yeah, like, but the, isn't that the difference between engineering and like some of the humanities now? Though, because <laughs> engineering, it's like this is what you're gonna do. It's about to be this hard. You just need to get the degree and work here, here, and, and here. And you make roughly this salary, and then you do like mm-hmm. psychology, which sucks because like I love psychology, and you do too, and you do too because you're a journalist. But and like philosophy as well. But it's just like this is some cool stuff. Figure it out. <laughs> and that was it. Literally, that was it. It was never like it was never like this is how your job prospects might look. Yeah. Realistically, this is like if you're going to take this seriously, you should probably get a really good GPA and apply to these schools if you want to be a higher right. ed teacher. But Instead, it's just like you can do it, study it. And it's just like I there's no ending to the sentence. But I think that's our whole fucking humanities department now. It's stupid. I feel like this is a personal issue. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been like sitting with it for like yeah three years, but it's just. I so, so, so that annoying. is hard but i think not to don't put yourself down because i do think that humanities studying humanities of any sort is imperative when it comes to situations like what we're talking about yeah, exactly. because i see a direct link for some reason it's being called liberal but i think it's being educated on the humanities and mm-hmm. history yeah and that's that undeniably the most useful information you can have in situations like this because my conservative family who've majored in practical things like business and STEM, they have very conservative views and dare not to see it from the other side, from people who haven't been in their position. So I think in that sense, you can't put yourself down because at least you understand how the world works and um, you're Hmm. not always thinking in dollar signs. Because that to me is worse. I'm going to be a very poor person, by the way, too. Everybody was. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> I always like to think of it as how, how, what are you, how are you getting paid though? Are you getting paid in just pure dollars, or are you doing something you love, and you're getting fulfillment, which is different? Yes. Or is it your fuel? And if you're doing your fuel, then who cares? Because then you're waking up every day and your spirit is happy. That matters a lot more, in my opinion. I'd rather make like 50k a year and be like thrilled to do my job every day. 
Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just as propaganda from my upbringing too. It might be, but I think it's deeper than that. It's like I'd rather just feed my fuel and make well, enough money and make sure my kids are okay. And yeah. I like I'm providing, and I'm like they're not like like I draw a line there. It's like if I could still be a provider, or I'm with a partner, and we're both creating enough to be providers, chilling. Yeah. Well, you see but, what happens to people when they make triple digits. Yeah. That's a huge problem in their country right now that one percent that's making too much and they're not doing the right things with it so at that point you're not happy you're filling the void with something else mm -hmm. i don't know if we're diverging we are diverging a lot at this point but from the original discussion we kind of are staying in line with it but um i always think it's interesting how our physical and mental health and our spiritual health are not prioritized as much as our material health if that makes sense it's all like what do you have like how much of it do you have do you have enough money are you making a lot of money and it's really interesting because if you talk about strict business people like gear right in our society which is kind of interesting even among our age too mm -hmm. it's just if you talk, start talking in business terms people like lock in right off the bat mm -hmm. but if you talk about like spirituality people like zone out yeah you know? mm -hmm. or even music with certain crowds they're just kind of like ah, you know if you're like, oh, this is my plan, this is how I monetize it, this is who I'm talking to, this is like gotcha. my target market, yeah. this is how we talk to each other. More yeah. business terms that I'm blanking on right now that people own it. But back to your point, there's that disconnect from like maybe a deeper existence and way to live. And that probably is why a lot of us are so blind to the deep pain of some of our fellow yeah. citizens because mm -hmm. we can't resonate with it. Yeah. But we're choosing not to and because it's painful to do that. And it's a lot easier to focus on playing an arcade game, yeah. which is a cute way to put it, but that's kind of like playing business sometimes. Mm. It's tied in with your life's work, but on some levels, it's kind of like, how do I get a high score? It's like, holy fuck, like I got three billion points. Yeah. And then totally. I got a bunch of tokens. Like, I can get a teddy bear now. Like, I can get the finger. And that's all that matters. I can get the Chinese finger trap. It's like, I do it three more times. Like, maybe get something else. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you, just, totally. you play different games. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. But you think that's some brainwashing us into capitalism at a young age? See, but that's. Dun, the, dun, dun. But at the same token, that, that kind of maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But. <laughs> Capitalism feeds off of consumerism, so mm -hmm. you need it. You don't always want people to think either. You just want them to buy, at least the baby version of capitalism. That's mm -hmm. all angsty. Even when it comes to spiritualism, like our first, Americans are first. I mean, you see this with like the New Age spiritualist movement. Our first contact with kind of Eastern ideas of spirituality, Buddhism, Hinduism. Yeah. Or, you know, we're like crystals, so we gotta buy crystals. Yeah. yeah. Sage, so we gotta buy sage. Right. We gotta get things. We gotta get the bowls. We gotta, get the we gotta get the things. And it's like meditation is free. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer is free. Mm -hmm. Yoga is free if you wish to do it on your own. I mean, start by going to classes first, but like if you do it on your own as your own practice, that isn't that the great thing about the essence of spiritual practices though you don't need anything yeah but i mean even myself when i was younger i assumed that crystals were the answer but now as i'm older and have gotten a degree in religious studies yeah. i realized that all of that crap was yes like instilled with the consumerism capitalism thing 
Americans took those fat, fabulous, fantastic ideas, morphed them, bastardized them with something else that was attached to a monetary consumption. And I mean, oh my gosh, if you look at the New York Times, like best-selling New York Times, any time of the day, any day, like any day of the year, it's always the top books are self-help books, mm -hmm. spiritual books. And they're selling the most. Yeah, it's industry. And biographies. But I sometimes think, though, I mean, that's the toxic side of it, is if people are exploiting others. But at the right. same token, it can be very beneficial to people. Like the 12-step exactly. program was the initial, that was like the first self-help book. And yeah. It's help, still is its own that is true. religion, almost. That is very true. It helps a lot of people live their lives. Uh, on it's a company that creates a lot of supplements. I can't vouch that all of them work. I don't know. But get pretty good reviews and it's all about there's different human optimization companies that are coming out and mm -hmm. how to change your diet to live better and feel better. Right. And that's something people didn't have access to years before. Not necessarily. Right. Well I think that's a great change. I mean changing your diet as opposed to being like drink cinnamon lemon water yeah. for a week and yeah. you're gonna lose fifty pounds. <laughs> like no that does not work. That's not science. But if you're if a company is saying, you know a diet together, do this, this, and this. Maybe don't do keto for like five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, your liver shuts down. <laughs> not, not too fun. Yeah. So, to keep yeah. this short and simple, do we want to cut it? I think we could continue to talk, but. All done? Yep. That's it. Cool. <laughs> oh, bad things, anyways. Perfect timing. It's hot in here. Get the fucking fans on. Oh, no. Spicy. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're extremely grateful for all of you that follow us and watch our podcast. We we make this because we love doing it and we like talking about these types of things, but we like having a community of people that we can share it with as well. As always, you can become part of our community by following us on Instagram at DJ Coffee Talk. Me and Devin are also considering experimenting with TikTok soon, which, which should be fun and entertaining. Love all of you. Stay safe. Uh, and as always, stay caffeinated. I got a crick in my neck, limp in my step, cramping in my muscles every time I try to flex. But broken, not really in the right mindset to see my pain. Oh, pain. Never really been fought out like a politician, but I put you in your lesson to your petition Set up shot. Why 
water dripping off the body, we just let them watch. Dirty fan pick up the above Apollo side. Off a J, ran away, finna set our shot. We the wave in the city, now we taking off. What it take to make it over, we just work a lot. Side of where we put it in, make a drop a job. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. She like, wait a minute, what she told me? You were talking to a version out of all me. Now you're talking to a version out of call me. I'll put somebody straight to get to know me. Take it away. Let it go. Let me know. Sit that body. Take it slow. Take it away. Keep it going. Let me smoke on something strong. Get in my zone. Take it away. Get top with no top. Undo that roof. Undo that chest. Undo that coat. I do the rest. Slow down. Once you look down, we're at new heights now. 